Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of our 7investing podcast. I'm 7investing founder and CEO Simon Erickson, and I'm here again with some more exciting news. We've had yet another of our official recommendations get acquired. Castlight Health was the official recommendation of my colleague Dana Abramovitz in November of 2021. And the company has recently agreed, agreed to an acquisition of Vera Whole Health for $2.05 per share. At this point, we've now officially sold our shares of Castlight Health and removed it from our 7investing scorecard. It's an exciting event for us because we think this gives us yet another opportunity to showcase some of our unique investing research for a public audience. In today's episode of our 7investing podcast, we're going to go back to November of 2021 and see what it was that Dana Abramovitz really liked about Castlight Health. She pitches the company to our team in this deep dive conversation, which we'd like to share with you now. So once again, come with me to November and 2021, where Dana Abramovitz shares her buy thesis for Castlight Health. All right. Um, so this month, I am recommending Castlight Health. Um, it's been on my radar for years, um, and just you know, kind of looking at it, um, you know, kind of watching it progressively, um, I'll tell you, you know, my whole story, why I'm interested in it. Um, and, you know, just as part of the presentation. Um, so it is a healthcare technology company. Um, one of the, you know, first digital health companies really um, that's, you know, kind of survived through the decade. Um, for the risk level, I, I kind of go back and forth between high and very high. Um, and that's just my level of comfort. Um, today I was feeling really good about it. So I, I just stuck with high, but I'll you know, hopefully present enough information so you can make your own choice. Um, it is uh, investment type growth and um, small or even smaller company. Um, and again, we'll go over that. So what does Castlight Health do? Their mission is to make it as easy as humanly possible for individuals to navigate the healthcare system. Um, primarily their benefits, right? So a lot of times um, people will have different choices about, you know, which doctor to see, where to, you know, where to go, what tests to have, um, with all the different types of digital health um, companies available, um, even more options now. And, you know, just how do you know the right thing for you at the right time and for the right cost and the right value? And so that's what Castlight Health does. Um, they were founded in 2008. Um, again, very, very visionary for what it is that they were doing, initially focusing on price transparency, um, which may has, have come up um, in conversations um, you know, more recently. And again, you know, one of the reasons why I, I've always been pulled back to Castlight Health. They went public in 2014. It hasn't been an easy road for them. Um, and they recently brought in a new CEO, and she's doing, I think, a great job at turning things around. Um, for uh, fiscal year 2020, they um, had $140 million in revenue. So let's go in a little bit more about what Castlight Health does. So it helps them navigate their healthcare system. So for large employers, and we've talked about this when we were talking about progeny, um, you know, employers are offering more and more health benefits to their employees because employees are employees are looking for um, benefits 
when they're choosing what job to to take and you know we've we've seen with the current economy that there's a lot of competition for good employees so employers are adding on all these new benefits um but if you know if you have too many things to choose from sometimes you don't know what to do and you don't take any of those options so castlight health helps employees use all of their health benefits um, from fitness and wellness to finding the right doctor to understanding the cost of, of the care again going back to their original focus of price transparency and quality and then again more recently they've been expanding into health plans so um you know uh, organizations like cigna and and anthem that you know provide insurance programs to um, individuals to help them get the benefits from um, all the different options that they have so just again navigating helping individuals choose what is right for their health to promote health and wellness we were talking about you know um, healthy snacks healthy you know activities um, all those things so again it hasn't been easy. Um, they started out in 2008. You know, the the idea was to transform the healthcare industry, focusing on um, transparency of price and quality. So helping you know, um, you know, if you had to get you know a, a certain lab test, you know, do you go to this lab or do you go to this lab? Um, you know, they may be conveniently located to you, but one's going to be cheaper than the other. And, you know, we hear all the time in the news that, um, you know, it, it sometimes is crazy that, you know, the cost of um, a test or um, a, a medication or, you know, a doctor's visit um, or a procedure is significantly different um, from one place to the other. And there's really no reason for it. It's the same thing. Why is it different? Um, and so Castlight Health went out to kind of expose that and, and make people aware of that and, and give people options into you know, choosing their healthcare. Um, that was 2008. Um, we're just talking about it now. So maybe they were a little bit too visionary um to kind of be successful so you know being a good silicon valley startup you know they pivot so then they start you know focusing on employees and helping them with their um uh, benefits journey um and figuring out what they do um and then um you know with as we had more digital health tools um there was an emphasis on fitness and wellness and so GIF um, is a company that um, had a, a holistic well-being program um, for employers and in 2017 um, Castlight Health acquired GIF um, and incorporated that into their platform again a little bit rocky um you know the integration wasn't necessarily great um at that time the um the founding ceo left um so they brought in a new ceo um and then just you know kind of figuring out you know what's going on so then you know they they kind of progress um oh i i missed the timeline um so in 2014 i had mentioned they went public now we're in 2018 and they're expanding into health 
plans. So, you know, kind of growing that market. Um, and then finally, in 2018, 2019, they've been um, adding on a more comprehensive program, which they call Castlight Completes, um, and incorporating what they call care guides, um, who are people that help um, their customers uh, understand the digital aspects of, of what um, uh, their, uh, what they get access to in terms of their healthcare. All right, but at, at its base um, is a SaaS platform, right? So they have this, this giant platform of data that they've been developing since 2008, and they've been integrating all sorts of different types of data. So payer data, pharmacy data, um, behavioral data. They um, include user data, you know, like location data. So they have all this information and then um, they're able to use AI to kind of learn from this. Um, you know, patients are putting in the information if they have a fitness tracker, um, just so you have all this information and it, you know, conveniently provides it, you know, at the base of your hand in your, your smartphone um, in terms of this, the Castlight Health app. Um, but again, it's this this platform that that you know is the the core of their technology and the ability to use that platform, develop APIs for it, um, and allow them to expand. So again, creating these um, personalized solutions um, based on all of the data to really make things convenient. That 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 is their full, their mission is you know, helping people get access to the best care that they need at that time and make it as convenient as possible, as easy to use as possible. Um, so it's enjoyed by users. They have um, uh, over 15 million covered lives. So that would be the employer or you know, members of the, uh, I'm sorry, the employee or members of the employee's family. Their net promoter score is 66 um, and their app store rating is 4.7 stars. So, you know, people are using it, they're enjoying it and, you know, they're, they're getting value from it. Um, so they introduced the care guides um, and utilizing their platform. So, you know, somebody, um, you know, makes a call or is chatting, um, you know, to, to try to find something or understand something, um, the care guides are also using all of the data that, you know, the user has put in as well as this, this large platform of 3 billion pieces of information to help guide um, the user. Um, and so it just, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, you know, like we, we see with, um, you know, telehealth, um, you know, and, and just having access to um, a, a, a clinical in, individual who can kind of help answer your questions, even if it's just reiterating something that you already know. Um, but, you know, hearing it from, you know, somebody who has, you know, that clinical background, um, that level of expertise, you know, sometimes that helps us, you know, give peace of mind to um, actually do something or, or um, you know, uh, figure out a, uh, a solution for ourselves. Um, the platform integrates with various partners. So, you know, if you're going to be a solution for understanding benefits, you should 
have all the different um, benefits that are available to all the different um, employers. And so, you know, they have APIs to um, enable that integration. Um, you know, they're able to add new companies, new solutions as um, they become available. Um, recently, Castlight announced um, the addition of four new um, companies into their ecosystem. So Progeny, I've covered that before. They provide fertility benefits. Spring Health, um, which helps with mental health, which has certainly been helpful um, during the COVID pandemic. WW helps with weight management. And then Sword Health um, assists with muscular skeletal pain. So just, you know, constantly integrating in these new um, uh, solutions to, you know, make it, you know, a convenient, easy to use platform for users to get their healthcare benefit. Um, and the cool thing is, is the, the, the solution works. So the, it's delivering value and cost savings. And, you know, we know that employers and health plans want healthy and happy employees. If, if people are healthy and happy, then they're more productive at work. Um, and they're not spending, you know, time, um, you know, looking for doctors or, you know, uh, going to different, um, you know, uh, clinics and, and whatnot, you know, missing time from work. And they're also, you know, healthy and, and, and productive. So the cost savings, um, so, uh, uh, users using uh, Castlight Complete had 66% uh, fewer emergency room visits, um, reduction in labs and imaging costs. So again, you know, that price transparency to see, um, you know, if, if I have a choice between, you know, this lab and this lab for a, a blood test or a COVID test, where, where should I go? You know, this might be more convenient, but this one's cheaper. And if that's something that's important to me, then I can make that choice. And, and, and that's what Castlight Health is doing is it's giving people that um, ability to make choice for their, themselves. Um, it has delivered about a 2% savings in medical claims and there, people are getting appropriate care. Um, I talked before about One Medical, about um, you know, the importance of primary care and primary, primary care in cost savings. Um, so, you know, with Castlight Health, people are accessing primary care. They're um, having those preventative office visits so that it is um, you know, less expensive for them as well as their employers and the insurance programs. Um, and you know, they're, they're seeing um, user engagement, which is great. Okay, so their business model. So they sell to employers and now they're selling to um, health plans. Um, they have their branded navigation uh, platform, which they make available to employers. They also make that to, available to health plans, but for health plans, they also white label um, their navigation plan platform. And then they can kind of work with each individual health, health plan to customize um, to meet um, the needs of, the, of that plan. Um, they generate revenue from subscription fees. Um, so, you know, however many um, users or employees that um, a, a large employer may have, um, they get money from 
per employee per month um, as a subscription fee. They also get professional service fees as well as add-on products um, sold through their marketplace. Um, they've been you know, they've identified health plans as a way to accelerate their growth, um, starting with Anthem. Um, and then they now have um, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Atlanta on their um, program, as well as Cigna Health. Um, and then interestingly, during um, the COVID pandemic, they worked with Boston Children's Hospital to find um, a, a, a vaccine tracker, um, which is just kind of interesting because I know one of the guys from Boston Children's who was working on that. Um, and then also working with Google and Amazon on um, you know, helping people find testing sites, right? So you have the app already on your phone because you know, your employer has it, you have this, and you wanna know, you know like, is, is there a testing location near me? Um, and that's available. And again, I had mentioned they had $147 million in revenue um, this past year. Um, so, you know, things haven't been great. You know, they, they started in 2008, I think perhaps a little bit too visionary for, um, you know, what the healthcare industry was expecting. I was at the same place, you know, like I thought we'd have more personalized medicine by this time and everybody would be, you know, have their genome sequenced, you know, healthcare moves slowly. Um, and, you know, uh, Things have been, you know, rocky for them. Um, you know, the, the integration with GIF wasn't great. Um, you know, I, I think that they need to kind of, um, and are reevaluating their their sales process. Um, and that's one of the things that I'm really excited to talk about their new CEO or relatively new CEO. Um, but they use their annual recurring revenue um, to measure their sales performance. So this is their annualized value of a subscription um, revenue at the end of each quarter. And they do this because um, you know, they're, they're realizing revenue at, at different times, you know, based on a contract. So you may sign a contract, but not get revenue um, for a quarter or two, you know, as that is being um, delivered to the customer. So this way it kind of averages it out in a way. Um, it does not include, the, AR, the ARR does not include customers that terminated or do not re renew. Um, and at the end of Q2, their ARR increased for a second quarter in a row to um, 128.2 million. So you know, things haven't been great, but, you know, they're substantially quarter over quarter, they're starting to see improvements. So that's why, I'm, you know, I, again, you know, like I mentioned, I, I go between, you know, this is high risk or very high risk. And, you know, I, I think that there is a good opportunity for uh, a, a, a good reward with this, um, you know, if they can make it, but, you know, it, it's it's still kind of touch and go. So um, that makes it a little bit, you know, higher risk to me. And, you know, in, in terms of the companies that I normally look at, you know, like I like to see, you know, more levels of profitability and, you know, better um, margins. Um, but this one, um, you know, I, 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 do, I do believe in. Um, I actually interviewed with them in, I think, 2012. So, um, you know, it, it's a company that I, I've liked for a very long time. 
Okay. Um, so, you know, there is competition. Um, clearly, there always is. And the market is evolving and, and highly competitive. Um, and they were one of the first um, to do what they do, um, which is good, you know, because they have their platform with lots of data. Um, but, you know, also, you know, they are disadvantaged by being, um, you know, the first mover. Um, and so that, you know, is, is certainly um, a problem. And, you know, the, like I said, the market is evolving. There are so many new um, digital health companies. I mean, it's really easy to create an app um, and, you know, healthcare, fitness, um, you know, it's, it's something that a lot of people do um, or care about or think is easy to do. So it's really easy to create apps that do um, that work in this space um, and so you know that that does make things difficult for castlight but then i also think that, that there's um, room for consolidation in the market um, and this is this is one of the things that gets me really excited about castlight health and and why it has been on my radar um, you know pretty much for a year now. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that, you know, in 2008, um, their founders were thinking, you know, hey, we really need people to, uh, you know, have access to the cost of care and find the best value. Um, and, you know, just, you know, there are too many stories of, you know, that discrepancy um, with, you know, a, a, the same test at, you know, costing significantly different prices at two different locations. Um, in 2000, uh, 2020, so last year at this time, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services issued a rule to increase price transparency among group, group health plans and health insurers. Um, so now the government is saying, okay, we, you know, we need to understand what something costs. And they started with hospitals. So in uh, January of this year, hospitals were required to um, list the cost of their prices and services. And then this is going to um, spread um, to, you know, all sorts of covered services um, by uh, uh, January 1st, 2024. So there's definitely room to grow. And the rule requires that um, the prices be um, available in a consumer-friendly format, right? So you can't, you know, like if you get a bill from the hospital, you're just like, what is this? I don't know what this is because they have all these codes and all these really high prices. And you're just like, what was this? Um, this needs to be consumer-friendly. And this is, the the you know what castlight health was founded on and so i think that they are um in the positions to really come out ahead um you know with uh, these new rulings and and that was you know again um you know i was he I hearing about price transparency in the news and hearing about this new rule and i'm just like hey what's going on with castlight and i've been you know monitoring them you know for the last few quarters and now feel comfortable um you know, uh, recommending them so that's what i did um and then let me talk about Maeve O'Meara. um so she is their ceo she is their CEO. Um, she was appointed uh, CEO in 2019, um, but she joined the company in 2010 um, after graduating from Stanford uh, Graduate School of Business. So we are fellow alumni. Um, 
And when she went to Castlight Health, she uh, led teams in product managing product management. So she started in product management, but then you know moved to all parts of the business. When she joined the company, she was one of twenty, um, and now the the company scaled to over four hundred. Um, so she's worked at different aspects of it. I had mentioned, you know, when they were moving into um, health plans and you know their relationship with Anthem, um, Maeve was the the person who originated and 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 really um, um, mastered that um, relationship. Um, she is an expert in health benefits and serves on the National Business Group on Health Cost Institute. Um, and then prior to Castlight Health and prior to business school, she um, was a venture capital investor at Highland Capital Partners, um, where she was focused on health IT, healthcare services, and the consumer internet market. She um, was also a consultant at Bain, um, and she has a BA from the University of Virginia. All right, and then you know it's just you know the uh, the company culture. All right, um, so they really focus on um, diversity. Um, you know, being a a a place um, where people feel good about making the world a little bit better and working hard to make the world a little bit better. So you know, like one of my one of my types of companies. Um, you know, people that are trying to make um, you know people healthier and happier. Um, Seventy-seven percent of the people that work there um, said that they would refer a friend. Eighty-four percent approved the CEO. Uh, 52% um, of employees are women, 40% of those are director level or above, and 14% um, percent, um, uh, uh, identify as being an underrepresented minority. So Castlight Health realizes that that's a little bit low. They're shooting for um, higher around 20%, but you know, a diversity and inclusivity is something that is important to them. I actually have a friend who works there. Um, she loves it. She's trying to recruit me. I told them that I, I told her that I love my job. So, you know, Simon, you're safe. All right, key risks. Um, so a, a big risk um, is that a small number of the customers of their customers provide the majority of the revenue. So they have, you know, over 260 cu customers, but, you know, they have a few key customers that are providing most of the revenue. And so if something happens with that customer, that's going to, um, you know, significantly impact their, their revenue. Um, the, their success of their customers and, and their ability to retain employees is definitely important. And, you know, as we're looking at the industry, um, you know, and, and, you know, inflation and you know we talk about all sorts of things in the economy you know if, if a business isn't successful and they have to lay off you know a third or more of their employees that's going to significantly impact um, the revenue that castlet light health um, brings in um, they're in the healthcare industry there are all sorts of different regulations many of them are not necessarily um, specific to castlight health like so for um you know the hipaa regulation for example they're just a business institute they don't um, necessarily contain um customer personal medical information um but still they interface with um companies and people that do. Um, and so, you know, healthcare data security is always an issue, as well as, you know, all sorts of um, regulations that everyone in the healthcare industry is subject to at the whim of um, our administrations. Um, 
they have relationships with all those third party vendors. So if something happens with that, that could be a problem. Um, it's a volatile market. They have been operating at a loss for many years. And, um, you know, that, that, you know, is, is a problem. And, you know, they are, you know, making that comeback and, and we're starting to see, um, you know, in, increasing um, revenue and profitability. Um, but, you know, that's still something that they need to overcome. And then the question is, you know, like, were they too visionary too soon, such that, you know, they kind of petered out and now somebody else can, you know, take their place. You know, I don't know, that's just, that's just a risk. And again, I vary between, you know, whether this is high or very high and just how comfortable and confident I feel in, in their abilities. Um, so anyways, so key takeaways. So they help employees and, and customers navigate health benefits and, and make choices for their needs. Um, they have a proprietary platform with a decade of data and know-how. So, you know, I do think that their core platform um, is, is protected um, such that they, you know, can withstand all solutions. Um, they originated with price transparency, which the healthcare industry has finally caught up with and you know it's they're turning themselves around with successive successive positive quarters um and hopefully we'll see that they are um it's a bad timing on my on my um my side um so they are having their earnings call november 2nd so we'll see how we do um but i think that's it so if you have any questions um let me know stop sharing the screen so I can see all. Yeah, I'll ask first. Um, I really like this company. As I told you, Dana, I'm, I'm basically about as helpful as a toddler in this space. This is 110% your area, but it seems like the company's in the right place at the right time. It's making a lot of improvements with integrating those other uh, health companies into the platform. Um, it is actually generating operating cash flow. So even though it's not profitable, uh, that does help to, to keep things going. It seems like one of the, like the only remaining bottleneck is like scaling and, and growing. And it seems like the most important part of that is uh, working with health plans. So can you just walk through that one more time? Explain it to me because I'm a toddler. What, ex what, what, are, what actions is the company taking to uh, work with those health plans and how will that accelerate growth? Yeah, so... I, the the best example I can give is you know the, what they've already done with Anthem because you know they've been doing that I think they um, started that relationship in 2018 um, and so so Anthem you know is is a health plan so they have you know different um, you know people that um, you know buy into their program, their insurance. But, you know, as an insurer, you want people to be healthy, right? Because otherwise you're paying out a lot of money for, um, you know, more expensive medical procedures. Um, and so Anthem has created this engaged platform, right? To help, um, you know, you know, possibly people, um, you know, make appointments with their primary care doctor, um, you know, may use a fitness tractor, tracker so that, you know, they're exercising more, you know, just again, uh, getting people to be healthier 
um, so that it's more preventative so that you don't have um, these expensive costs that the insurer will have to pay for um, later. So, um, you know, Castlight has worked with Anthem, um, you know, so they did that whole white label thing. So they've essentially used their, their platform, um, integrated with some of Anthem's data, um, and then created that platform for all the Anthem users. And they um, recently, I think just last year, um, have a, a relationship with um, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Al Alabama. Did I say Alabama? I think it's Alabama. Um, and then um, with Cigna to kind of, you know, do that as well. But, you know, they're looking, um, you know, into, you know, working with other groups. Now, of course, they're going to run into um, you know, groups like United Health, which is a big, you know, health plan, and they've developed their own um, uh, system. And so, you know, they're not necessarily going to be able to, um, you know, get a, a United Health um, possibly on, on board. But for a um, health plan that doesn't have um, or doesn't want to invest in, you know, building out the technology, um, that relationship with Castlight, I think, um, is, is a good one. And, you know, they've, they've been developing this platform for a long time um, and, you know, have just, you know, so much data and, um, you know, just kind of makes it, I think that's valuable to people. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, if they can execute, this seems like a a no-brainer maybe even a good like acquisition target for someone else to plug in and bolt onto their own platform yeah no i i i think that that's possible as well you know uh, you know especially if you look at their you know financials and you know where they've been trading i mean like it could be a good acquisition target um so you know i don't know we'll see i was surprised when, you know, I was like, okay, let's look at this company I've never heard of. But wait a second, I have heard of them. And, uh, but it was, it was in this interesting context. Like I look, I'm like, wait, how are they? They're a $220 million company, like market cap. And that's, they're selling it like less than two times annual sales, like trailing 12 month sales. <clears throat> but then I, you know, I kind of look back, I'm like, okay, that's where I've, I've heard of them. Like, I think they called their, their IPO sort of overhyped, right? Because it was, oh, yeah. It was uh, super, super hot out of the gate. And then they lost, I think, Walmart as a customer in like 2018. Now, forgive me if you mentioned that and I missed that. And I think that was part of it in, in kind of downgrades. And, and uh, But now it's like this turnaround story, maybe, and uh, promising signs. I, yeah, uh, that, that should be really interesting if we, if we go back to like growth in ARR. And... Um, yeah, that's if they can execute. I think Max is right. That's it's really interesting. But yeah, they're they're uh, they're they're like not really well viewed from you know a lot of people just sort of like it's like a house that's been on the market for too long, right? And yes. people just sort of stop looking at it. And uh, so it could be really interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it was, and, and again, that that's what makes me a little a little bit nervous, right? Just from my <laughs> level of comfort, right? Because you know, like again. Yeah. 
I, you know, normally when, when I'm looking at a company, you know, like it's, it's, it's a little bit more stable and structured. Um, but, you know, like I, I do think that this could be a really inter interesting opportunity. And if they are able to, you know, turn things around and, and, you know, like I've been watching it for a while and it, you know, it's, it's looking, you know, I mean, we'll see next month, but, you know, it's, it's been looking like they've been moving in the right direction. Um, then, you know, like it, it, it could be a really interesting opportunity. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing myself out of, out of my comfort zone a little bit. <laughs> so. Could you compare them a little more to One Medical, Dana? I know that you mentioned it earlier in the presentation, but Google, it seemed, it seemed like Google was a, a customer of um, Castlights and of One Medical. Are, are they... It, does it seem like they, a company would work with one medical to take on all the primary care because they also have the relationships with the, the primary care doctors, but then they also would work with Castlight because that's a little bit maybe a, maybe a layer above that about the price transparency and just kind of keeping options open for people to go wherever they would want to? Well, so Castlight, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like that, uh, like a net right of of all the of all the services whereas one medical is your primary care right right so you know like so that's going to be your doctor that's going to be your go-to um and you know one medical does have a lot of digital solutions you know so you know they, they might help you with things but um you know uh castlight is going to give you access to um you know all sorts of other things, um, you know, like, so progeny, we talked about them, right? And, and that's not necessarily something that One Medical is doing, um, you know, because, you know, their primary care progeny helps you with your fertility benefit. But, you know, if your employer's offering you both, you know, you want to understand both. And so Castlight kind of is that layer on top of all those different, um, you know, opportunities that you have to kind of help you find what it is that you're, you're looking for. So, you know, if your employer provides you with one medical, then, you know, you'll know, okay, well, one medical is where my primary care um, uh a physician is, and you know maybe they're offering some you know weight management service, and, and I can use that. Or my employer is also offering you know this weight management service, and I I want to use that because I like that option better. And um, you know, cast like you know because of uh, the data and the way it's integrated, and you know being able to use um, user preferences to kind of search and kind of find what it is you you know, you know what you like and what I like may be totally different. And so you know this way you know of all the different things, I I can find what works for me, and you can find what works for you. And the idea is you know, if you find something in the healthcare industry that works for you and you use it and you change your lifestyle, so now you have a healthy lifestyle, now you're healthier, right? And so if you can kind of, you know, get that level of utilization. Yeah, and just to add my two cents on this to Matt, Max's comment earlier, if I was to bet on this, I would, I would bet on a lot of consolidation in this space. And it's going to be based on uh, who's got the highest NPS scores and who's already got the relationship with Google, because Google probably doesn't want to work with seven digital health companies. They want one rep that has all of this covered for them. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see like Castlight plus One Medical plus whoever else get under the same umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, again, pushing outside of my comfort zone, um, but 
um, you know, I, 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 I do think it, it could be a really interesting opportunity. So it'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens, um, you know, in the next year or two, I mean, especially with the, the price transparency ruling and, you know, all the, all the people, um, that need to, you know, move into that, that space, um, you know, and, and provide that level of, of pricing information. This could be the most exciting pick from November 2021 in the long run. Way more exciting than an ice cream shop from Steve. Dana, aren't aren't like healthcare companies kind of doing this in-house? Like I know with like United Healthcare, like I log onto my digital portal and like I manage all my appointments and gives me options and, and things like that. Like like I mean, what's I, I guess like what 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 makes it better than like an insurance company doing it in-house with their own app or like even a large employer just doing it in-house? They don't have the time or knowledge to do it, right? So, I mean, like, so that's what they're doing with Anthem, right? So, you know, that insurer, you know, wanted to create an app. They were working on an app and they utilized the data um, and the platform that Castlight has. And so they branded it you know, so it's, it's the Engage app at Anthem, but it's really, you know, the Castlight Health um, backend and data. Um, so, you know, that that's kind of there. So you, you, you don't necessarily know. Um, and, you know, like with large insurers, I mean, we saw with um, uh, Amazon and Berkshire Hathaway and um, Jamie Dimon, um, uh, I can't, sorry. Maven or something like that? Yeah, I know um, what you're talking Hagen. about. Yeah, Hagen, Hagen. right? We we've, we've talked Hagen. about it, yeah, right? Hagen. And and you 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 wanted it to be successful, right? And so you know, you here you have all these smart people, and they're like, we're gonna make you know, we're gonna fix healthcare because we're smart and it's broken, and we you know we should be able to. And it, they can't, like, it's, it's really hard. So a lot of the, the you know, tech companies want to, and, and they just don't. So here's a company that's been de dedicated to it. It was founded by two um, physicians. So I didn't mention this, but um, Dr. Giovanni Canella. Um, so he um, was a, a psychiatrist. And um, so he was their first CEO. And then Brian Roberts um, is also a physician. He is still, he's still on their board. He's the chairman of the board. Um, and he's doing more in venture capital now. And the third co-founder is Todd Park. I don't know if, if you've heard of Todd. So he was the first um, chief technology officer of the United States. So that was, that was his role. And he and his brother just um, started Devoted Health um, to focus on, um, I think, aging in place. So, um, so, you know, like, you know, smart people, technology people, but also physicians, people in the healthcare space that were trying to um, change healthcare. So I, I, you know, I think that employers need this, but they don't necessarily want to spend the time or resources to do it. And, and, and you know, maybe Google will, right? Amazon tried, um, Walmart's trying, you know, um, or, you know, they can, you know, partner with somebody. Um, but, you know, there are, you know, like, like I said, you know, it's kind of easy to make an app, you know, health and fitness is, you know, something that a lot of people think about, you know, at least 
you know, a couple times a year. And so you make an app, you sell it on the, the I store, you know, app store, um, you know, whatever, but like, you know, there are like, like 10,000 different health and wellness apps. Right. So, you know, there, there will be some consolidation and, you know, you need to navigate, you know, which are the best ones and, and, you know, actually get people to use them. That's and, the key, getting people to use it can be both, right? Like, you know, it's sort of like Shopify, like Walmart and Amazon can do their own thing, but most other people can't. So like maybe some of the health insurers will do this on their own or do do this, but there's still a lot of potential clients, right? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Great job, Dana. By the way, uh, off camera here, but just for our knowledge, that IPO that Steve was mentioning, they came public at a $1.4 billion valuation in 2014 with $13 million in revenue. Yeah. Uh, so and good I think job they on like, their part. They from there briefly. It, oh, it was crazy. Nothing yeah. like a spicy 100 times sales when they came out. Of the <laughs> and then it doubled. It doubled right out too. Yeah. I, I was, I was going to mention that, but then I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We'll the bring company, it up. Though, right? They made a <laughs> lot of money off of it. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, someone made a lot of money, but yeah, that's, that's what's interesting about it though, is if they continue, if they turn it back around and they scale to even a fraction of what, um, you know, it's possible trading it less than two times sales right now, you know, there's, there's some room for multiple, uh, multiple expansion in their valuation. And that's, um, you know, that could be one, you know, decent catalyst with people saying, what well, it's only, how is this still a 200 and change million dollar company when they've got 150 million in sales or whatever? What is it? 135 or something is their guidance. But um, yeah. yeah, as they continue to scale, the stock would almost have no choice uh, unless they're significantly diluting people too. I bet it, I bet it gets acquired it. or it's that a 10 bagger. Be surprising. Yeah. Yeah, or it's I a think it's acquired, yeah, or they sign a really big deal. Imagine if they sign a yeah. really big deal, how much that would pop the stock. Like, like a Walmart comes back or something, or like they sign some other big company. Like, it kind of reminds me of Q2 a little bit, like what Matt was asking. I like how we're just like still talking about this, but uh, Q2 is uh, like a regional. They they focus on regional banks providing like a, a banking platform for these small banks that don't really have decent IT or development teams to actually put mm. this together themselves. Whereas like a Wells Fargo or a, you know, a Capital One or JP Morgan, or they'll make their own like online banking platform, but all these little regional banks don't want to have to go through that rigmarole. And uh, so, yeah, there, there is room for uh, like smaller players, especially, but if they do get a big player, that would be a, a huge kind of propellant. But we'll see. Anyway. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> that NPS is really good, Dana. I mean, NPS of 66 is really high. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Like, other than revenue growth, they have everything else. Yeah. They just they scale it. And it's like Steve said, people are going to be like, oh, wait. Like, yeah. How is this it? so cheap? Right. And like you mentioned, Max, operating cash flow is positive, which helps when you're not technically profitable. I mean, what, it was like a penny per share and adjusted earnings. I like Dana's, we're all in the background. Like, what is this? This is interesting. <laughs> so so, so I, I have to, after my first call, I have to like not see you guys. 
So I like I I, I close the the view and I just focus on my slides and it's just me and I'm just doing my thing because if you if I see that you guys are doing things I'm gonna be like what you know or like even if you make a little like you know like what is that then I'm gonna think that you're like oh what is she saying you know so yeah so I I can't I can't look at you nope. when I do this we're we're doing what we do right <laughs> curious. So other than the food, that restaurant was great. I mean, it, re revenue is a really big piece of it, right? Like <laughs> I'm pretty confident they'll get customers, but that is a big hurdle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't make this about you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it, it just it just felt like a statement that was like, you know, a little... Like you could say that about a lot of companies, like other than yeah. revenue. Like, I mean, like well, oh. yeah, they, it's like all the pieces are there. Now they just need to execute. Yeah. You know? And that, that, so. that's the thing is, you know, so they had, and I didn't want to like say his name, um, you know, just, you know, I don't like, you know, I, I don't need to make people feel bad, but like their middle CEO, I don't think it did a very good job. Yeah. Um, and you know, like just, you know, like that acquisition and, you know, there's just the integration and, you know, things just didn't go well. And then, um, you know, he, he like kind of left pretty rapidly and, you know, Maeve came in and, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I think she's doing a good job. I watched some videos with her and, you know, she you know, is very knowledgeable and she speaks well. And, you know, I, I think that she's, you know, moving in them, moving them in the right direction, um, you know, using the health plans to grow. I like that they, um, you know, uh, took advantage of, of the COVID pandemic and, you know, just, you know, put these things in place pretty quickly just because they had the platform to do that. Um, I don't like that, you know, they let people go. Um, you know, but I think that a lot of companies, um, you know, like I considered it myself, you know, using the pandemic to kind of get out of a bad situation, right? So, you know, like, you know, kind of gently, um, you know, like, you know, I like seriously thought about, you know, closing my business um, and just, you know, like, use use the pandemic as a as a way to say you know like it's it's time to be done and and i think that um you know they were able to do that you know just to kind of reduce expenses i don't i don't love that they had to do that but um i understand that they did i i think you're very right about the climate going forward though like we've seen it with educational benefits every big company is trying to find ways to be more appealing without paying a lot more so Something like this is, is a nice little layer. Yeah. A reminder that people on this program may hold positions in the companies that are mentioned. Buying and selling stock carries financial risk, which could include the loss of capital. The views in this program should not be taken as personalized advice. Before acting on any of the information provided, listeners are encouraged to consult a financial or tax professional.